0: Memorial Health System provides comprehensive health services that meet the needs of the region we serve. And we are proud to present Memorial Health Radio. Here's Melanie Cole. Many people will experience neck or low back pain at some point in their lives. This pain can vary from mild to severe. It can be short-lived or long-lasting. But however it happens, low back and neck pain can make everyday activities very difficult to do. My guest today is Dr. Charles Levy. He's a neurosurgeon at Memorial Health System. Welcome to the show, Dr. Levy. What do you see in your office every day when people come in to you and complain of low back pain or neck pain as some of the most common injuries or causes of these types of pain?
1: Well, thanks for having me, first of all. Um, You know, the, the typical patient who comes in to see me with back or neck pain is someone who... Um, very often has a long history of uh, sort of overuse. Uh, It may be somebody who drives a truck and does a lot of lifting on the job, uh, a construction worker. It may be somebody um, who's a daycare worker or a nurse who's uh, frequently uh, moving patients, taking a lot of weight. Um, Or it may just be something that occurs uh, really with no uh, specific cause, which would be called idiopathic. Uh, But in general, uh, those are the most frequent uh, causes that I see, but also uh, people who are uh, very obese a lot of times, that can add quite a bit of strain in the uh, uh, lumbar spine in particular, and that can be a cause as well.
0: Dr. Levy, when do you tell people it's time to maybe see a doctor and see what we can do about this pain? Because people try in home treatments and over the counter treatments. What do you advise is the first thing they do when they start to feel these very common pains? Well, the very
1: first thing uh, that's most important is if it's not pain that is disabling and it's not in a focal neurologic pattern causing weakness in a limb or, uh, or numbness in a specific region uh, that just doesn't get better, um, then probably a reasonable choice initially is to try and stay active. And um, stretching is an excellent uh, way to initially approach this with activity and stretching, light exercise, maybe lightening up the, uh, the workload a little bit, uh, but staying active. Immobilization, uh, like rest uh, in these situations, generally is not the best tactic. Um, so initially, it's not unreasonable if you don't have some uh, focal deficit that's, that's really profound that you can clearly notice, that is weakness in a limb, Uh, or severe numbness, or the pain is not disabling. It's very reasonable uh, to stay active and uh, try and work through this with stretching and activity, and even with non-steroidal anti-inflammatories like Aleve or ibuprofen uh, or Tylenol.
0: Dr. Levy, are you an ice man or a heat man? People like both and find both useful in different circumstances. If someone's experiencing pain in their neck or lower back, do you advise that they try ice or heat? Or usually, what
1: I usually what I advise patients uh, with that regard is in the morning, um, hot shower, icy hot on the area that is, or some other, um, you know, Bengay, something like that, um, on the area directly that's bothering you, and then a hot shower, and then in the evening while you're watching TV after work or whatever, icing the area up.
0: That's great advice. So then when does it come to the point where they come and see you and say, you know what, I do have numbness in my, in my fingers or in my legs or I'm getting pain down my leg? When do you want them to come see you?
1: Well, obviously, if somebody um, has tried the full spectrum of non-surgical therapy, including you know things they've done on their own, such as stretching and light exercise, um, or they've been, for example, to a physical therapist or a pain management office and none of that's working, uh, that's a reasonable time to come in. Another time uh, to come in is if there is a focal deficit, like a weak foot or a weak limb uh, or severe numbness. Um, difficulty uh, with bowel or bladder continence is usually considered a surgical emergency, and that can occur uh, from the uh, from the lumbar spine if there's a big enough disc herniation. Another concern is if the uh, gait that is walking is unsteady. Uh, people with an unsteady gait, that sometimes happens from severe... Uh, tightening around the spinal cord, what we call stenosis in the cervical spine. So anything like that would be a reasonable time to come in and uh, be seen.
0: What's the difference between seeing an orthopedic surgeon and seeing a neurosurgeon for back and neck problems?
1: Um, It depends on the orthopedist. The orthopedist, uh, the general orthopedist, most frequently does not do uh, spinal surgery. Um, it, at, at one time, there were orthopedists who did the full spectrum of orthopedic procedures and spine procedures, but that, that really isn't the case so much anymore. An orthopedic spine surgeon is someone who has had a fellowship in, uh, in spinal surgery, um, which is usually would be like a five-year uh, residency in general orthopedics, and, then, and they might have some spine rotations, and then they would have a one- or two-year fellowship in spine surgery after that. These days, for most neurosurgeons, um, at least in my case, my entire residency was had a lot of spine in it. Um, I trained at the uh, the Leatherman Spine Center and Kentucky uh, Neurosurgical Institute in Louisville, um, and so those that that really was you know six years of of spine training in addition to all the other um, uh, neurosurgical problems, brain and peripheral nerve, et cetera. Um, so the approaches tend to be sometimes can be a little bit different. Um, the orthopedists are tend to be trained more with more focus on um, placing instrumentation for stabilization. Uh, neurosurgeons tend to be a little bit more focused maybe on diagnostics and um, trying to minimize the intervention if possible. Uh, but, but, but really, quite honestly, much of what's done um, either in or neurosurgery or orthopedic spine, uh, much of what's done uh, would be very similar
0: then when does it require intervention? So what would you do if someone comes to you? You're going to take an MRI. You're going to see what's going on there. And then what is next? Do you go to prescription anti-inflammatories? Do you? When does it require surgical intervention?
1: Usually for me, I I, um, I operate on a, a problem that is pain principally um, as an elective procedure. And I generally try to talk patients to the, as much as I can out of surgery um if it's if there are no neurologic deficits, there's no focal weakness, there's no um, you know changes in the way they ambulate, there's no um, numbness that's really severe, and they can live with the pain we try to try to talk them out uh, out of having surgery. But if um somebody comes in and they've tried absolutely everything and they are so uncomfortable that their quality of life is really significantly affected. and uh, they can't work but want to work. They can't exercise but want to exercise. And um, their pain is, is marked. And And I can, with the studies I've ordered and my physical exam and their clinical history, I can determine a procedure that is going to focally fix the problem. Um, if someone comes in and has a an advanced neurologic deficit um, or they've got spinal cord compression in the neck, for example, and they're unsteady on, on their feet, those are people who... Um, for the most part, do go to surgery unless there's some contraindication uh, medically for me taking them to surgery. So if somebody has really tried everything um, and is not finding that they're getting any better or they have a uh, and it's some sort of a neurologic deficit that's uh, concerning, those are the patients I generally take to
0: surgery. What are some of the most common surgical procedures you're doing now for neck and low back?
1: Well, um, for the neck, I, I do quite a few uh, anterior cervical discectomy and fusion procedures, um, which is where you come in through the front of the neck, uh, remove disc material, then place a, um, a spacer, if you will, a cage in the uh, space between the bones, and then put a titanium plate over it. Um, I do the same, uh, the same sort of fusion fixation procedure in the lumbar spine, but usually from posterior. Um, and that can also include a spacer in the disc space, but, but from the back, Um, and then also what are called pedicle screws, which are uh, titanium screws that hold the spine straight uh, and uh, reduce the the instability there. Um, I do some simple decompressive procedures as well. Um, I do quite a few uh, procedures where I place cement in a fractured bone, uh, which would be called kyphoplasty or vertebroplasty, depending on the situation. Um, And really the whole range, and then, of course, peripheral nerve and brain operations as well, but really the whole range of uh, spinal uh, surgery. uh, I'm happy to take care of
0: In just the last few minutes, Dr. Levy, if someone has never experienced back or neck pain, sometimes they can't even really understand the incredible level of pain and debilitation that these cause, please give your best advice for possibly preventing them and what you want people to know about back health.
1: Sure. Um, Two of the things that can be done that are really the most important things are to stop smoking. Um, because the smoking uh, tends to rob and reduce the delivery of oxygen and uh, nutrients to a, uh, a system, a physiologic system that already does not have a huge amount of oxygen nutrient delivery. That's just the way it's designed. When you smoke, you really take that almost completely away. And so, any injury, the, the, um, the reparative ability of the body uh, to fix some problem in the spine when you're a smoker is, is very, very small. Uh, so quit smoking. Uh, number two, lose weight. Um, you know, being heavy puts an enormous amount of stress on your spine. And um, certainly, uh, overtime can lead to, uh, you know, advanced spinal pathology. And, of course, when you are heavy, um, fixing it surgically becomes a much, much more complex uh, issue. Um, I would say also, uh, you know, regular uh, low-impact exercise is an excellent way to prevent uh, problems with the spine. And um, Stretching. And there are a lot of books out how to do. One I like to uh, recommend is called Back Care Basics. Um, and the, uh, I think the, the author's name is Mary Pullig Schatz, M.D. She's a yoga instructor and a, a medical doctor, and it's got a lot of good stretching and ergonomic uh, information in there. But stretching and uh, exercise, staying mobile, staying healthy, um, keeping the weight off, and quitting smoking are all things that will help prevent um, significant spinal pathology in the future.
0: Thank you so much for being with us today, Dr. Levy. It's such important information. And for more information, you can go to mhsystem.org slash spine. That's mhsystem.org slash spine. You're listening to the Memorial Health Radio with Memorial Health System. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks for listening.